everyone, and welcome once again to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host and race director, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for joining me on another trail journey through the podcast airwaves. It's a delight to always be here with you guys. I've got a great conversation today. It's a great episode. I don't get a chance to really speak to a lot of podcasters or even race directors uh, on this show. It's mostly trail runners sharing their stories. So it's really cool to be able to share, I guess, technically being a podcast host, he's a colleague, I guess, I guess in a sense that way. So it's a, it's a great honor to have a podcast colleague join me today. He's a trail runner, Ultraman triathlete, Ironman triathlete. Unfortunately, he's also a cheesehead, but, but most of all, he is the host of the Everyday Ultra podcast. Welcome to the Trail Life, Joe Corsione. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much, my podcast colleague. I love that terminology, and I see it the same way. Whenever when I'm with a fellow podcaster like yourself, we're all colleagues like here. And thank you so much for the kind intro and for the uh, for having me on the show, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. No worries. I, I'm not going to lie. I almost, when I found out you're from Wisconsin, I almost canceled. I, I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but, and I say this as a other Midwesterner and I, I didn't actually, I didn't know you were a Midwesterner, but I knew being so nice, I, I should have figured that you were from the Midwest. Right? <laughs> that's, that's the, that's what I say about every Midwesterner I ever meet. It's like they're the nicest people in the world. So it, it makes sense as to your, your personality, your demeanor. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that a lot. And actually I'm going to throw a little plot twist on you too. So, so I lived in Wisconsin for a short stint in my life, but I actually am from New York originally. So oh. it's, I think what happened was I grew up this calloused New Yorker and I still have that, you know, that irate East coast kind of brawl inside of me. But when I went to the Midwest, I think some of their niceness rubbed off on me. So that's that's where I, uh, that's where I carry it out today, but I appreciate the kind comments and, uh, and I try not to get that New York brash too, too much out of me. <laughs> well, the Midwest kind of takes that out of people. You yes. Know? And that's, that's yes. what happens. I, it, honestly, I, I think it does anyway. I, I've yeah. known a lot of people from the East coast that have moved over to, to the Midwest for whether they're the entire rest of their lives or just for a short period of time. But I, I will say, regardless of how long you stayed in Wisconsin, I still consider you a cheesehead though. So sorry. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> I, I feel like if you, if you live in Wisconsin, you, you are a cheesehead for life. So I will so, take it. So what, let's keep it on this. So what took you from New York to Arizona or sorry, uh, New York to Wisconsin? Like what got you into like, Oh, I'm just going to move to Wisconsin. It's actually kind of a crazy situation. This is the first time I'm sharing this on the podcast. So I appreciate you asking. So, uh, so I was born and raised in New York and, you know, went to Penn state for college. So I was always on the East coast. And right after I graduated college, I worked on wall street for a little bit, um, was doing that and found that it really wasn't my, my stick. And then, 
I kind of went through a whole crazy journey of personal development that was in a really dark spot and, uh, you know, addicted to drugs, using alcohol, doing all these things. And I needed to shake things up. And so I decided to get very, very uncomfortable and uh, put myself into the ring, which eventually led me to trail running and triathlete triathlons and all that. Um, we can definitely go into that and the whole story there. But long story short, to tie back to Wisconsin is when I was going through this journey, I had a ton of job interviews for a bunch of different places, um, for locations in Denver, Colorado, Austin, Texas, San Diego, California, and Appleton, Wisconsin. And I looked at all these, all these opportunities and I thought, which one of these would I be way most uncomfortable in? Cause I was just so obsessed with this notion that like, if I was uncomfortable, like I would grow. So I said, Appleton, Wisconsin is clearly the winner here. And so moved out to that small town of Appleton, Wisconsin. And uh, granted, you know, I did get uncomfortable. I learned a lot about myself and I grew so much as a person. I will never trade that experience uh, again. But man, I couldn't really deal with the winters. Single single guy in his 20s, like in a very family oriented place, like uh, just wasn't for me. And Arizona, you know, it was kind of like a dream for me at the time when I first visited it. And I was getting into trail running and everything like that, too. So I was like, I got to get out there and eventually made the move out here. And man, it's my favorite. Phoenix, Arizona is my favorite city in the U.S. for sure. It's a little tough. I, I, I was born and raised in the Midwest in, in Peoria, Illinois. So I totally get the, you know, any of the cold winters. You know, that's why I live in San Diego now. It's like, I don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also kind of that same thing. Like when I was, had a chance to like move out of the Midwest, Hey, where can I go that I'm not, I've never been right. And that's how I made it to Boulder myself to go to your story. That's kind of the same thing. That's why I brought it to, I took mm -hmm. it to Boulder too. Cause I didn't know Boulder whatsoever. And it was kind of fun to be there. I mean, and that's what got me into some of the other stuff that I'm into now. When you got into like trail running and triathletes or triathlons. Is that something that you were kind of doing as you're growing up and at Penn state and, or as you moved into Wisconsin, is that kind of where you got that bug to get into the endurance uh, aspect? For context, people see what I do all the time now with like Ultraman and Ironman and all that stuff. And like the first thing that they say is like, oh, you must've been doing this all your life. You must've been athletically gifted, but Man, if you told me five years ago, just five years ago that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have told you were crazy, mostly because number one, I hated like running and all that stuff. But number two, I was so athletically ungifted, so to say, like <laughs> always picked last for like pickup games in school. Like the only sport I played was golf. So like nothing ever where my heart rate was pumping like no. Yeah. So, so my entire upbringing from, you know, uh, growing up to college, never even, you know, was doing anything remotely active. And really where I started to get into it was, uh, as I mentioned before, when I was just dealing with this dark place, I decided to really just take control of my life and, and start to get help. And one of the big things that really helped me was diving into, you know, some of the, the greats in personal development, Tony Robbins, um, and, and such like that. He's been a big influence in my life. And one of the things he was mentioning is like, in order to get healthier, not just physically, but mentally is to move your body. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just try exercising. Like I want, I need to get my shit together. So I might as well start lifting some weights. So I started lifting some weights and then, you know, started, uh, you know, running along the way. 
And I signed up for uh, my first race, which is a 5K Spartan race. Now, this is 2018, so I'm still in New York at the time. Do a 5K Spartan race, and it totally kicks my ass, man. Like, I, I couldn't even walk the next day. I was like, oh, man, that was just not great. But I loved it. Like, I was like, that was fun. Like, there was something else about that that just, like, peaked this fire in me. So I was determined, and I signed up for a 10K Spartan race after that, the month after, then eventually the half marathon in December after that. And then when I went to Wisconsin, that's when I started to get into kind of the crazier distances, mostly because I was out there. I didn't know anyone, like really like just wasn't my social scene. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to spend hours on the trail. And I found myself doing distances, like, you know, running 20 miles on a Saturday and, you know, doing 25 miles the day after. And then, you know, eventually did a 50 K Spartan race, which was like technically my first ultra marathon. And uh, ever since then, I've just been so obsessed with just pushing my limits, finding out what I can do and just loving the long distance, especially like I, 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 I'm not as much of like a 5k or a 10k kind of guy. I'm more of like anything over 26.2. Like that's, that's my sweet spot. Oh, I'm definitely a 5k kind of guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, ultra, so, so I guess the, uh, the ultra Spartan is it's the ultra beast, right? Is that what they call the Spartan nowadays? Ultra beast. Yeah. Ultra beast versus regular ultra. What would you rather do? Like, do you still have that urge to like go out and do some obstacles and stuff? Like, it's a good question, man. So I would say on your first question, is it harder? So I did the ultra, the ultra beast, the first one that I did, uh, in August of 2019. And then I did my first 50 miler in December of 2020. And I would say the, the Spartan race was way harder, hundred percent, like no doubt about it because whereas like an ultra marathon, right? Like probably like your biggest adverse thing is obviously the miles, but usually also like elevation gain and kind of terrain and all that stuff. But like the Spartan race is not just the obstacles. I mean, the obstacles are freaking crazy. Like just imagine running like 26 miles and then having to carry an 80 pound sandbag up a hill. Like it's just, is brutal. But not only that, the terrain at some of these events are brutal. Like the one that I did, you had to cross a river, roaring river too. Like not just like a little crick, you know, it was like, this thing was going and you had to cross that river for about a mile. And like, it's freezing cold. Like your shoes are just perpetually wet. Like you're so much more prone to blisters um, and your entire body sore, not just your legs. So I would say the, the Spartan ultra was just I mean, that 50 K was way harder than the 50 miler. Um, would I go back and do it? The only one I would ever go back and do is the one in, uh, Lake Tahoe. They have one in Tahoe that they do. Um, but right now, man, I'm just so focused on, uh, more like, I really want to get into the hundred mile scene. I haven't done that yet. And that's something that, that really is peaking my mind. So before I go destroy my upper body, uh, I'm going to destroy my <laughs> lower body first, and then maybe I'll, uh, get back in the ring in the Spartans. So 50 mile or 50 K is your longest current distance. So technically it's 52 miles. So if you count the Ultraman, uh, so in terms of just a actual run, uh, ultra race, uh, for running a 50 mile is like my official race and the farthest yeah. I've gone, but the farthest I've gone was 52.4 miles. Cause the Ultraman, for those who aren't familiar is three days, Day one, 6.2 mile swim and then 90 mile bike. Day two, 171 mile bike. And then day three is a double marathon at 52.4 miles. So that 52.4 miles is the longest I've gone. And then the next route would be uh, 100 miles coming up in, in April. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. Nice. So let's stick with the Ultraman uh, triathlon real quick. Because yeah. that's the one. Is it down in uh, Hawaii? Is that right? 
Yeah, the, so world, the, the world championships are down in Hawaii, right? So did you do that one or did you do another uh, distance or another race like that? Yeah, no, great question. Yeah, so you're you're right. The, the first Ultraman ever started in Hawaii. And then recently they started to kind of do um, ones in the continental states. So I think Ultraman Florida was the first one. They're, they were going to do one in Arizona, but I think it just kept getting uh, canceled because of COVID. Um, and then I think they have, they have one in Canada as well. Um, but anyways, Jeff, uh, to, to go back to some of my other crazy antics, like the Appleton, Wisconsin incident, if you want to call it that, uh, I basically, when, when I did my first Ironman, like I knew I wanted to do an Ultraman, but I knew that after 2021 that I wanted to get into trail running. And at the time, like specifically trail running, like no more triathlons, like I kind of knew that that was the path I wanted to go, but I was like, I still want to do Ultraman. Now the next Ultraman was Ultraman Arizona, which is, you know, right in my backyard, but that was February, 2022. And I was like, ah, that's after that. That's after my deadline. I was like, so I guess I'm just going to have to make this up myself. So literally what I did was I just picked out the course. I mapped out the entire thing, did the entire thing self-supported, like no fans, no medals, no aid All stations, right. no crew, and just kind of sent it on my own in Tucson, Arizona for three days. Um, so that just added a whole new level of that. But like my point of view and Hector who we've had on the podcast was literally doing the same exact thing with bad water is like, if you don't see the opportunity to do a race that you want to do, or, you know, uh, maybe like there's a lottery, like a Western States or something that you can't get in, but you want to do something similar is like going out and just doing it on your own. Sometimes yeah. is great. And, and Hector's example, he just renounced this is he didn't get into bad water 135, but he's going out to death Valley and running the course on his own to basically do it. Um, so I took that same approach with Ultraman and just kind of did it like that. And man, you want to talk about a challenge, like just self-supporting yourself for three days in that race <laughs> and that kind of style is, uh, it's a freaking trip, man. Let me tell you. So where did, uh, so where did you do the swim at? Where's the swim at? Cause two, cause Tucson is not really known for lots of bodies of water. So where, <laughs> where, where, where in Tucson is you, are you doing this at? Yeah. Great point. So Probably the uh, the most abundant bodies of water in Tucson are in the pool. So I just did it in an LA fitness, literally oh, right outside no. of my hotel. Yeah. So I are was you kidding me. I was in the pool. For, yeah. No, I'm not kidding. In, in the pool at LA fitness for four hours swimming. Now, here's the kicker, too, is if you're familiar with how like a Garmin watch tracks swimming, like I know you swim, so I'm sure you're familiar is like, it doesn't track GPS. It just tracks how many times you stop because it, you know, it knows that you're at the end of the pool. I have my watch set for 20 to measure yards, but the pool was in meters. Mm -hmm. So I actually ended up going over distance 6.7 miles in a pool for four hours. And man, like I, I don't know what it was, but like, after I got out of that pool, like I felt awful. Like I felt oh, actually sure. like sick and I don't know if it was the chlorine or I don't know yeah. if it was just like the monotony or the, or just being in water for that much. Um, but that was so brutal. Like that, that, that swim was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And that was the first event. So it was just, um, it, it, it definitely rattled me for sure. How much of a swimmer were you before that? Not, not too much. So it is interesting with swimming though. So like when I did my first Ironman in July of uh, that year, so July of 2021, but before that I really never swam more than a mile. Um, okay. And, and that Ironman was my first triathlon. So my first triathlon ever was an Ironman. I was just like, screw it. I'm going to go big. Um, but swimming was one of those things where in the beginning I like really sucked. Like I was super slow, like super like most everybody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, um, 
But for some reason, like I just nat like swimming was one of those things that kind of like I progressed easier um, than kind of other things. And I ended up actually being a pretty strong swimmer, um, you know, even just going two times a week. So uh, I think it was just like, you know, the luck of and I hate to use the word luck because, you know, I did have to work at it, too. But, you know, it was one of those things that kind of came more naturally to me, whereas like biking, biking, like I never really got good at like I can go far, yeah. but I could never get fast. And uh, it's just one of those things I'm not naturally inclined towards and would have to work a little more towards. But thankfully for swimming, it wasn't as big of a, uh, you know, a, a grind out to, to get to where I needed to be. Yeah. Now uh bike was again how long you did how many miles yeah so so in total it was 271 miles okay. and and the split was right after the swim it was 90 miles and then the next day was 171 miles all in one shot so is the ultraman that's a is that kind of a combination between uh road and trail or is that just all all road they just do everything on road there yeah, I think everything's on road um, okay. for the most part, um, which is crazy, right? Because, you know, usually those long distances, like you don't think road, you think trail. Yeah, um, which definitely is wouldn't want to be 55 miles oh. on a on road. Like, just that's brutal. <laughs> oh, man, imagine 271 mountain bike too, like trail or something like that. Like that would just be a... That would be it. That would be something else. <laughs> now, now, now there's your next challenge right there. there 70 miles mountain oh. bike. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm getting sick just thinking about it, Jeff. <laughs> so would you rather, would you rather look at doing another Ironman over doing some kind of Ultraman again? Cause there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? Ironman it's a one day or one day. I say one day, I will call it one day, mm-hmm. but you're just, what 12 hours out there all in yeah. one shot for Ironman versus three days of an Ultraman knowing full well, okay, you get a little bit of chance to, to sleep yes. that night. Like what would you rather put yourself through again? Or what would you ch- like to challenge yourself with more? It's a good question. So you do bring up a good point. The, the good thing about Ultraman is like, yeah, sure. The distance is like massive and it's more than double of an Ironman, but uh, you do like, it's nice to be able to sleep and just kind of reset. And like, you're the only day you're really doing multi-disciplines is the first day. Like you're doing the swim and the bike, but other than that, the next day is pure bike. And then, you know, Sunday's the run. So that makes it nice. Whereas the Ironman, you're doing all three in one shot for me, to be honest, like, I think I would rather go back to do another Ironman if I was going to go into triathlon. And I would see that as a challenge for one reason, because with Ironman, I actually never did one to like my full potential. And here's what I mean by that. And the first Ironman that I did and God, if my friends listen to this, I'm so sorry, but I just, I gotta, I, gotta, I just gotta spill the beans here and just be real. Um, so I signed up for the first Ironman with my buddy. Um, and we trained together. We did the whole thing together. And what happened was long story short, we got into the run transition at the same time. And we were like hyping each other up. We're going to finish. We're going to finish. We're going to finish. And three miles into the run, he ended up getting stomach issues and wasn't feeling well and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of stayed back with him, you know, helped to support him, walked with him and all those things. But like, I didn't really like gun it on, on the run. So I was like, I I want a little more. Um, So that's why I signed up for Ironman Arizona. Granted, it was a week after Ultraman, but me (laughs) thinking that I was invincible, thought I was going to be fine. I actually ended up during Ultraman injuring my left leg very, very badly. Um, Had like a uh, IT band syndrome, couldn't run more than quarter of a mile without it feeling like an ice pick was being shoved through my knee, but I still went through the Ironman and I did it. But like, man, if you see the videos of me running in that Ironman and Ironman Arizona, 
my right leg was running normally, but my left leg was literally like a peg leg. Cause I couldn't, cause <laughs> anytime I like tried to bend it, bend it? Yeah. it was severe pain. So literally I was just dragging it for 26.2 miles. And so like, you know, obviously Ugh. it's not like my full potential. It hurt me on the bike too. So, um, so the reason why I would say to go back to Ironman is because I would see that as a challenge. Cause like, I would want to go back and do my full effort and see where I can be mm -hmm. totally fresh, rested, tapered, like, you know, not, not being plagued by injury or, you know, uh, no disrespect to my friend. I wouldn't, you know, I don't regret that at all. I'm glad that I was there with him. Um, but I would want to see what I would want to do if that makes sense. Yeah. What about, uh, like Xterra type stuff? You know, that's, that's trail running versus mountain bike. You know, it's got to swim. I mean, would, would you even consider doing an Xterra type of thing? hundred percent. I would totally consider it. Like I, I would probably consider doing an Xterra more than I would an Ironman just because to your point, like I love trails so much more than the road, like trail running is like my solace. It's my heart. It's like where my passion is. Like I'm obsessed with it. And so to have that portion of it would be great. Now I've never hopped on a mountain bike. And honestly, like I, I freaking hate road biking. Like I hate it with a passion. Like, so like you have no idea how much, like my girlfriend will tell you how much I complain about it and like how unhappy I am when I come back from a bike ride. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, but I'm, I come to the camp of like, you can't say you don't like something unless you tried it. Um, so I don't know, like, so I would be more inclined to do Xterra because I know in Ironman one, I've done it Two, I hate road biking mm. three trails are way better. Um, so I would be open to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the type of individual that's going to sign up for something like that just because it's out of my realm and it would crush me altogether. But <laughs> I think if I was to make my decision, I'd probably do <clears throat> Xterra just, just based on the trail running aspect yes. alone. You know, your, your swim is your swim. Yeah. That's, that's no difference there. Yep. Right. And mountain biking, I could, I did a little bit more mountain biking in Colorado than I, than I have road biking. So I would probably be right there with you. I'd probably just look at the Xterra just, just from that to the trail running perspective, because that long on the on road would crush my knees. Oh so, man. And it's, and yeah. it's just not as beautiful, you know, like, I mean, oh, with the trail, no. the beauty of a trail is that like, no matter how bad your legs are hurting, no matter how crappy you feel, no matter how tired you are, there's usually something beautiful to appreciate in the moment. Whereas like, if you're on the road, I mean, granted, you know, it's probably more of an electric environment, but like at the same time, I don't know if you're just like, like for me out in the streets of Phoenix, like I look to my, you know, right. And just see like buildings and stuff, which I guess have their own appreciation, but just to me, it just doesn't have that allure that yeah. nature does and being out there does. And, um, uh, there's something special about that. Yeah. So what's next as far as uh, trail running goes, what, what races do you have coming up? Yeah. So in, uh, the second week of April, so April 9th, I'll be doing my first hundred mile race and this is the Zion 100. So uh, I have been dreaming about really just getting into the hundred mile races. Um, uh, even when I was doing triathlon, like when I was on the bike, uh, on my trainer, like doing the indoor training, I would watch documentaries about hundred mile races. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was watching documentaries about triathlon. Like, no, like my, my head and my heart have been in the trail running, even when I was doing triathlon. Um, so it's going to be, a it's going to be a, just a beautiful experience for me. And I'm super excited. And the cool thing is too, like I'm, I'm partnering with an organization here in Phoenix called the cancer response team. And along the way, hoping to raise over $5,000 for kids with cancer. Um, just because, you know, I, 
I, I say this a lot is like people see what ultra runners do, especially myself. And they're like, wow, like you're going through something so hard, so tough, so amazing. And I, and I always say, I'm like, what I do is not tough. What those kids enduring cancer do that's tough. And so I want to like take this quote unquote tough situation that I'm doing and help people who are going through the real difficulties and it'll be great. And in, in the meantime, as I'm fundraising, as I'm doing that too, I'll be doing a 50 mile prep race just to, um, test out nutrition, logistics, shoes. Um, it's, you know, I'm going to go at an easy pace. Like, it's not like I'm trying to win that, um, or anything, but, uh, you know, I always say like, if, if you're going to prepare for something like test run it before, like, especially when it comes to nutrition, uh, gear, blisters, uh, crew, everything, um, you want to be well oiled, especially for, and I don't yeah. know from experience, I just heard hundred miles are, uh, <laughs> Ohm said this the other day, another guest on your podcast. And I thought it was great. He was like a 50 miler is twice as hard as a marathon, but a hundred miles is four times as hard as a 50. And I was like, all right, <laughs> yep. well, there it is. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Ohm, we, you and I had a chance to meet at across the years. Uh, he, he was out there running that race and I had a chance to go out there and say hi really quick. And you were there kind of supporting him mm-hmm. as well. Uh, would that 72 hour race, is that something that you had, you had Zion in your mind already mm-hmm. before you did mm-hmm. that? Not, not, not so much as the, yeah, that 72 hour just gave me a taste of <laughs> one to do something along those lines. So they, um, <laughs> so that's cool that you already were like planning to do to do that beforehand. And yeah. would, now would you do it like a 72 hour like that? hundred percent. I, I definitely want to try it out for sure. Um, I think it would be just, Oh man, way more brutal. Like the, like, it's not even the fact that it's 70, 72 hours. The fact that it's the same damn one mile loop for 72 yeah. hours. Like that is like freaking crazy. And, uh, like to me, like I get bored just running outside of my road in the same route every day. I couldn't imagine doing one loop for 72 hours, which is the allure of it, right? It's so challenging. It's hard. It's a mm-hmm. different mental experience. So I would be totally down to do something like that. I think what intrigues me maybe a little bit more than like a fixed hour race is a last man standing race. Um, I really want to try and throw my hat in the ring on that because like there it's like, you don't know how long you're going to go. Like you're, you're just oh, yeah. going until you're broken. And, uh, for me, like, I, I think getting to that point of being broken is some of the most, valuable and beautiful and amazing experiences you can have in your life. So like, I think I would be open to do a 72 hour, but if I was given the choice to do like one of those recurring loop things, I would a hundred percent, uh, rather do a last man standing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, there's definitely uh, some allure to that, you know, it's like, especially when you don't, there's parts of it where you don't really know where everybody's at. Right. Mm -hmm. As far as the mileage they've gone, versus yeah. their mentality. Like it's, it's kind of one of those things. You don't even really get a chance to see sometimes your opponents on that or your competitors on that. So it, it yeah. Again, it's just another mind fuck of some sort where in other, some of these other races, you kind of always have that, that awareness of, okay, I'm, you know, 30 minutes behind the, the first place guy, or I'm a mile mm-hmm. and a half or, you know, 30 seconds or whatever it is. So having something like that, or even, even the 72 hour race, you don't really know how many loops, mm-hmm people have done it's it's kind of a intriguing i think to a lot of people that you know that want to do some of those those type of things so i think it'd be fun to do something like that um i'd rather do that versus uh, just doing a straight ultra really i, I don't know why i, but I think interesting be, i think because of that though mm. i think because i wouldn't 
A, I'm, I'm not going to be the one who wins those races, right? I am not really conditioned for that, but I think it would be kind of that as we talk about challenging yourself to different things and, and trying out things you've never done. Like I would much rather do that and know full well, okay, I just, I just want to see how many times around I can get. Mm. I just, you know, whether it's a 72 hour race or if it's a last man standing, I just want to see how far I can go. Mm. And if I end up getting somewhat close to the top of the field, great. If not, no big deal, but that's, that's where it is instead of, okay, there's my finish point. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, okay, I only have to go 30 miles. Well, right. You know, you could go 30 miles around a one, one mile loop and you're there and it's like, okay, well, I just did a 50 K I'm just going to keep going now. So I, I don't know. I think for me, just looking into that would be more of an interest on my side, but you know, I love uh, that. No, that, that's a good point. Cause it's like, you're, you're solely focused on challenging how far you can go. Right. Yeah. Whereas like, as opposed to, you know, if you're in, there's, there's no further distance to go in a 50 mile or than a 50 than 50 miles. Right. Exactly. But, but 72 hours, that's like literally how far can you go in 72 hours? Yeah. And I think, and I hadn't ever really thought of it like that. And I think that's awesome. Is like, you get to to see how far you go and how much you can put out within that 72 hours, which I agree can be way more empowering for sure. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about your podcast. Um, yes. Every day. So we're, since we're talking about ultra races, Everyday ultra is your podcast. This is your second podcast. So, right. You still, yes. have, you still do the art of fulfillment. Right? Yes. Still okay. do the art of fulfillment. Yeah. It's a lesser so than everyday ultra right now, but uh, it's still alive and kicking with just a little bit format than, than what it originally started as. So everyday mm-hmm. ultra, how did, how did, how did this podcast begin? When did you be, when did you start it up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for asking, by the way. And anyone listening to Jeff has uh, been on my podcast. By the time this release, his episode will be out too. So check it out too, because uh, <laughs> I had my po- my podcast colleague Jeff on there and it was great. Um, but in terms of Everyday Ultraman, so <clears throat> it really starts, and I said Ultra Man, but I meant it's Everyday Ultra, comma, man. We were talking about Ultraman before, so it's in my head. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, that podcast I actually started in December of last year. So just literally oh, okay. uh, almost a month ago. And the reason why I came to that was because, you know, my first podcast, The Art of Fulfillment, that show was really meant to just be purely like a mental kind of show. And so the the concept of that show was um, finding out tips and techniques on how to create a meaningful life for yourself. And um and we had people from all different backgrounds on the show. You know, we had uh, life coaches and motivational speakers and professional athletes and authors and uh, newscasters, right? Like we had like all these different people. And like the whole point of it was like, you know, everybody has their own art of fulfillment. Like there's no yeah. one way to do it. And here are all the different perspectives. Now, as I dove deeper into the ultra world, I found myself inviting on ultra runners and endurance athletes, uh, way more than any other people. And so people started to think number one, wow, this is like an ultra endurance podcast. But number two, people were also like, well, listen, I'm not an ultra runner. Like I don't like running. Like I can't really relate to this. And I was, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But I thought I was like, well, these are the people who I'm like really interested in talking to right now, especially because I'm in the sport. Why don't I just start a podcast dedicated specifically to speaking with these ultra endurance athletes, um, especially because like it's something I'm super passionate about. So I was like, okay, 
part of fulfillment, I'll kind of, uh, you know, I'll still do it, but I brought in a co-host to kind of help me out just because I really wanted to, to go all in on the everyday ultra. And, uh, so yeah, I started up everyday ultra and literally from like idea to like production to first episode took, took me like for one week, like one week, I already had the podcast up the design every, cause I just like, was like so excited and I want to get it rolling. And, you know, in just a short month, I've had awesome guests on like Mike McKnight. And, you know, I got a few other big guests coming up that I can't announce yet because it hasn't been released, but, uh, it's just, uh, it's been an awesome opportunity. And the whole point of the show to, to go back to what it's about is tips and strategies that are going to help you to become a better endurance athlete every day. That's why it's called everyday ultra. And, mm-hmm. um, and ultra doesn't necessarily need to mean 26.2 miles or over, right. It can be your own ultra, whether that's a 5k, 10k, 15k, whatever that is for you. Um, it's, it's becoming owning your own ultra story every single day. And, you know, I'm trying to give you the tips and the techniques and the mindset strategies. And like for yours, like I loved how on you, you get a good primer into like your own races and like how you built this brand. And then also like how people can pick races. Like that's the content I want to give. And I, and quite frankly, like if I'm just being dead honest, uh, there is a few like the the huge uh, ultra podcasters out there. Um, and I'm sure you feel the same way. You kind of listen to it and you're like, I feel like I can do a better job at this and figure <laughs> might as well try. You're not on that. Don't worry. They, you are on that list. <laughs> now I'm starting to wonder now. Jesus. No, no, I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get you. Yeah, I, that's cool. Like I that's kind of the way I, I got into this too. Like I, I just wanted to hear, I love trail running and I just wanted to hear people's stories. I wanted to hear what they were all about. Right. And, mm-hmm. and what are they learning about their own experience and in, in, in the trails and stuff. So it's really cool that you're all giving some, but giving those people mm. the opportunity to learn yeah. um, from people like Mike McKnight about, Hey, what can you do, you know, from a nutrition perspective or how mm-hmm. can you train for a hundred miler and stuff like that? That's, that's really cool. That's a different take on it. And I think that's, that's a really sweet opportunity that you're giving those people. Appreciate that. And I just remember when I was getting into my first ultra, you know, uh, the ultra world, right. I had so many questions like, what the hell do I eat? What gear do I use? Like, do I get sleep? Like what is recovery? Like I had a billion questions and like, man, you have like so many articles online from like, and you don't even know if like they're written by an expert, right. They could. And listen, I work in marketing. I know like there's firms out there who literally just write up content as quote unquote experts, but they're not really experts, you know? So like, you don't really know what you're getting. So I was like, well, why don't we ask the people who have proven themselves in this space and like know what they're talking about and get that to there. And basically all the questions that I ask in everyday ultra and all the solo episodes I do and the guests I bring on are just a culmination of like all the questions I had growing up because, or growing up as an ultra athlete, because quite frankly, those are the same questions that I know a lot of people have as well. So it's cool to, to provide that educational thing as opposed to just it just being, you know, just like uh, any other podcast out there, right? I, I like I like actionable stuff. And I know, you know, endurance, uh, there's a lot of information out there. And I just kind of want to cut the noise and, and get the get the valuable stuff out there. Yeah. Well, you know, trail running is also, I, I don't know. I had this conversation with, uh, uh, it was, I was talking to, uh, Kira Henniger the other day mm. and her races here in LA. And, you know, we both kind of agree. Like I, I, trail running is one of the largest growing sports right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, more and more people are getting into it, but it's also from that same thing of like, if they're used to a road race, they might not be able to, like, they might not understand the transition between, road Mm -hmm. versus trail and like how much of a difference that is from, you know, 
what's your, you know, what's your speed, right? Like if yeah. you're doing an eight minute mile, it's not going to really going to relate to a eight minute mile on the trails. Right. Yeah. And there's all these little small things that, that people have to kind of take into account. So that, that kind of factors into, you know, that, that person who wants to do their first 5k trail race too. Like they can yeah. sit there and listen in and it's because it's for everybody, right? It's not mm-hmm. just for those ultra athletes. Like you said, it's for your own ultra mindset. What What's your own story with it? And I think that's, again, kind of a cool way to look at it. Mm-hmm. What I'm kind of curious, like doing, whether it's from the Art of Fulfillment show or the Everyday Ultra show, like what have you learned the most about yourself mm-hmm. doing, doing these? Like, because I, I don't personally... I love to talk. So I love the opportunity to be able to hear other people's stories and, and everything else, like I said, but you also start to learn a little bit more about yourself when you're doing this. What what have you taken away from all of the people you've spoken with? Great, great question. So I, I really have three things that come to mind, two specifically from every guest that I've kind of talked to and one about like the process of podcasting. So the first thing is that what I found out is like success leaves clues. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can hear one person give like a piece of advice, but usually if you see someone successful in that space, you see that same advice come up over and over again. Now that's just not coincidence. That's just not luck. Yeah. It just shows that it's a proven strategy that'll work. So when you hear, you know, people like Mike McKnight and Sally, who you had on the podcast, talk about, hey, like strength training is such an important part of it. And those are two of some of the greatest runners of our times. And like you see strength training pop up more and more and more. You're like, damn, well, that that means that this is a great strategy. Like I always say. If you hear the strategy once from someone, like take it as advice. But if you hear the strategy from two or three people who are successful in their field, do that advice. Right. Yeah, so great point. Um, yeah. So that was like probably one of the most powerful things I've learned, especially like as you talk with more and more successful people and you hear the same things over and over again. Uh, number two, um, and it 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 almost kind of contradicts the first one in some sense, but it's still wildly important is number two is like, there's also no one size fits all. And so what I mean by that is, and, and I mean like this, not in terms of like success, but I mean more so of like enjoyment, like specific purposes. Right. So like, for example, you know, uh, if you're an ultra athlete, right. You might like a hundred K's way more than a hundred milers. Right. You don't have to do the hundred milers. If the hundred K like makes you happy, like that's what Mm -hmm. you do and kind of go all in on that. And so like, I always thought like the best endurance athletes, like were the ones who can do the two hundreds or the ones who can run the most miles and all those things. But Hey man, I mean like someone who can like own the 50 K like really fast, like man, they're great in that sport. Like, and they're, you know, a great ultra runner too. It's not just about distance. So I guess like to, to wrap that up is like saying like, you know, I've just learned that there's like, we're all searching for that one thing. And that one thing is fulfillment. Right. And that goes back to the podcast, but we all have different avenues to go there and just talking with different people here and their different perspectives and backgrounds that has something that is in there. So the first thing successfully clues. Number two, there's no one size fit all answer. Number three is kind of different angle to your question, but it's still wildly important is the process of podcasting has told me that speed is way better than perfection. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, I know so many people who are like, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a business. I want to start running, whatever that thing is. Right. But 
And then you ask them, you're like, oh, why haven't you already? Oh, well, I got to sit down and think about this. I got to sit down and think about this and plan this and like, you know, uh, budget out this and plan this. Right. And they have all these steps in mind that they're they're these prerequisites that they haven't gone through in their own mind before they've actually started. Um, But they haven't even started at all yet. Now, contrast that to what I did with the pot. And I used to be like this. I'm not throwing stones. Like I used to be the the dreamer without any execution, which what we call is delusion. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I used to always think about all those things. And when I first started the art of fulfillment, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to care about the production value. I'm not going to care about getting the most perfect mic. I'm not going to care about, I'm just going to like, going to focus on producing episodes, like recording the Zoom conversation, just kind of going with it. So when I first started the podcast, literally my episodes were just freaking like a Zoom call on like my computer microphone with like a crappy ass, like visual logo and everything like that. But the cool thing was I produced so many episodes in a short amount of time that I was able to get on the founder and CEO of Spartan Race. I was able to get on Tony Robbins' son all within like the second week of the second month of the podcast. And again, like I thought, wow, if I like sat down and planned all this thing, I wouldn't have made as much progress as I had. So I learned from the podcast that like speed matters way more over perfection because the reason why we have all these prerequisites is because we try to make it perfect, but perfection is usually the enemy of execution because you don't end up actually doing something or you don't, you know, move things forward. So now I'm not saying don't plan and be reckless and, you know, don't have a plan of attack, especially when it comes to ultra running, don't just freaking wing it. Um, but I, I, I like to overemphasize over the speed, if that makes sense. And it was a long-winded answer, but I think about that a lot, like almost every day. Dude, just dropping some knowledge right there. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that's, you. Uh, I think that's a good place to, to call the conversation quits, man. I don't know if I can go past that. That's <laughs> You dropped just a buttload of knowledge right, right there in the last two minutes. So it's... Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, it is. It's, it's cool. And that's... Uh, you know, I'm happy to hear that that's some of the stuff that you've taken away. Cause it, it, it's definitely interesting to, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine uh, who's a race announcer uh, the other day. And we were talking about how you just need to talk to people. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. learn, like talk to as many people as you possibly can, even if it's for a couple minutes, cause there's always something to learn about yeah. that in that uh, specific moment. Right. And mm-hmm. and we talked about when you get on a plane, you know, some people just put their headphones on and, you know, put their mask on and it's done. They don't talk to yeah. anybody, but then there's those people that look to sit in the middle seat and mm-hmm. want to chat with you. And, and even though it's like, all right, we're just going to talk for a couple of minutes, but you might learn something that you mm-hmm. never expected. Right. And that kind of falls into the same category when it comes to the podcast and what you were just saying is, um, it, it just open up, you just listen in, open up and, and take some of those, those pieces of advice, um, from that you hear from people. Cause you, you never know when that's going to actually come in handy down the road mm-hmm. somewhere. Right. Yeah. So true. Well said. So anyway, Joe, I dude, I, this has been fun, man. I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and, and especially after our, the conversation I had with you on your podcast, it's kind of a, an extension of that conversation. So it was kind of fun to, um, be able to talk to you a little bit more about your experiences, your past and what you've got coming up. So uh, I appreciate it. You know, it's, I appreciate you as a, as a podcaster colleague, uh, new, new friend. you know, so it's, it's awesome. I, I hope we have a little bit further conversations. And as I said, on your podcast, like I would love, you know, for us to connect together and, and you know, maybe do a co-host yeah. you know, episode. Maybe we can get 
get one of the big dogs on here and, and we can chat with him, you know, side by side. So, Hey, well, Hey, it's been my, my honor and pleasure being on the show, man. Thank you for, for inviting a fellow podcast colleague like myself on the show today. And, uh, would love to, to jam with you on a co-host episode, uh, for sure, man. That'd be a lot of fun. I mean, I always say like, I mean, I always say, and I feel like the cliche goes two heads are better than one, but also two podcasters are better than one. So, uh, we, we can make it happen for sure. But thank you again for the opportunity, man. It's a lot of fun. All right, that does it for another episode of the Trail Life Podcast. Special shout out to Joe Corsione of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. What a fucking nice guy. Uh, super knowledgeable. Um, it was really fun to be uh, having that conversation with him. It was fun to be on his podcast earlier uh, this month. Yeah, it, it's it's always great to talk to other podcasters and get their take on what this means to them and why they started it. Uh, what his again? What his trail journey is has been all about, and to do Ultraman, Ironmans, uh, looking to do another uh, now a hundred mile race. Um, you know, I, I truly wish him the best, and and I do look forward to having further conversations with Joe later on. But like I said, have a listen to his podcast, Everyday Ultra. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening in. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you on the trails real soon. Music for the Trail Life Podcast was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer.